Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. The following is a presentation of AOW Productions. This program contains adult content. Listener discretion is advised. The views and opinions expressed by the host of this program do not necessarily stay to reflect those of this station or its management. Introducing Chris Master, Mr. Freeze, and Bad Billy. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Outlaw Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Outlaw Radio for the 21st of April, 2018. I'm your host, Bad Billy, joined as always by Mr. Freeze. What's going on, brother? Hello, everybody. How you doing, bud? Doing well. Well, as already announced uh, over the last couple of weeks, uh, this isn't going to be a typical edition of Outlaw Radio. This, uh, this episode's going to be very serious. Um, so therefore we're not going to have, uh, idiot of the week. We're not going to have news of the weird. We are going to feature music cause you can't go without music. And I've got, uh, you know, I'm kind of bending the rules a little bit with uh, popular artists because, uh, for a show of this magnitude, we're about to do requires, uh, special select songs that I'm going to play. And, uh, we're not going to be messing around with the soundboard. There is, uh, there's, this uh this whole uh the whole time we're on the air this this is very serious um mr freeze you have looked at it the situation in south africa is not good the the murder rate on on farms has only been on the rise uh julius malema is uh is really pulling the race baiting card uh trying to uh get white land owners uh driven out and he's saying Ex, uh, expropriation without, uh, as I have to fin- fix my mic, but expropriation without compensation. We're going to talk about all of that. I'm going to have some guests join in the show. Uh, so, um, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm not giving you much of a chance to speak, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, first time we're really getting serious, huh, Mr. Freeze? Yes. yes. All right. So... Out of this, like I said, uh, special select uh, bunch of songs. Going to start it out with Pride and Prejudice by Slayer. We'll be back 
right after this. And we go a little something like this. Hit it. And now, from a rented basement, because Bad Billy's mom threw him out, it's Outlaw Radio.
Hey there, Thrill Seeker, rocking out to the station. I hear you. You're probably even sipping on a drink right now. An average blah, blah drink in a can or bottle, one that doesn't quite hit the spot for you. I'll bet you want something different, don't you? Something more. Take your shot with Cold Cock Whiskey, the best whiskey anywhere. Why? Because it's different from other liquors. Cold Cock Whiskey is herbal whiskey, 100% all-natural herbs blended with aged American whiskey. No more morning after sugar hangovers from other liquors. With Cold Cock's blend of herbs, including green tea, hibiscus, ginger, eucalyptus, and more, you'll be in herbal heaven. Cold Cock Whiskey, available at Spirit Stores and Distributors America-wide. Find one near you at coldcockwhiskey.com. Follow Cold Cock Whiskey on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Celebrate those special moments with friends. Raise your glass. Take your shot. You must be 21 or older to drink Cold Cock Whiskey. Please drink responsibly. Because there are some people out there worth more than you. And I'm not talking about money. Wisdom beyond value from the desk of Mr. Holland. If you're going to be a smart ass, first you have to be smart. Otherwise, you're just an ass. In 1664, John Milton responded to the English Parliament censoring of book publishers by saying, Give me the liberty to know and to speak freely. Over 300 years later, there are citizens in countries around the world who are striving to gain this fundamental right. Freedom of speech is more than just an American concept. It's a universal human right. This message is brought to you by the NAB Education Foundation, the Broadcast Education Association, the Cormac Foundation, and this station. If you love country music, play something country. Oh, there's lots of it and more on Cranked Up Country with Curtis McKinney and Brad Hennington. You may remember them from Cranked Up Live. Cranked Up Country is three hours of the best country music on the planet combined with real personalities and fun. Listen for the Cranked Up Country hit picks and artist picks. Call Brad and Curtis with your song requests. And hey, you may even expand your vocabulary. Airhead, bird brain, bonehead, <laughs> chowderhead, <laughs> clodhopper. Clodhopper. Seriously? <laughs> For broadcast times and stations, visit Cranked Up Country on the web at crankedupcountryradio.com. Like Cranked Up Country on Facebook at facebook.com slash crankedupcountryradio. Follow Cranked Up Country on Twitter at Cranked Up Live. Cranked up country, rode hard, and put up wet. Hey, I'm Nick, and you're listening to Outlaw Radio, where we say what the fuckity fuck we want. No exceptions. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back here on Outlaw Radio, and I don't know what is going on with the talk shoe number, but uh, my guess have uh, yet to have called in, uh, so I may have to figure something else out. Uh, you know what, uh, let me see what we can do here. I'll actually try using my cell phone and see how that works. I guess what other choice do we have, right, Mr. Freeze? That's right, that's right, however you have to do it right now. Yeah, absolutely. So as we bear through the technical difficulties. Let me see here. So let's see. 
Let's see if this works on my end. <laughs> Welcome to TalkShoe. Please enter the call ID followed by the path. All right. I don't think I have to worry about it too much because I do see uh, one of the numbers uh, coming through. And I believe Texas, Brindy, you are on the air. What's going on? Yes, hello. I am Brindy from Texas. Yes, thank you. Thank you very much for joining the show. As uh, hello, I think, Brindy, uh, and thank you, thank you so much. Hello, I'm, I'm. Well, I go by Mr. Freeze. I don't care what you call me, though. It's all good. <laughs> hello, Mr. Freeze. Hello, darling. Yeah. Glad, glad for you to be here. Thank you. Yeah. I'm honored. Thanks for asking me. Absolutely, it's it's great to have you here and. Uh, as I'm, I'm going to try to get our, our other guest, uh, Big Mike uh, from Arizona, on the show. Um, uh, Brindy, I, I understand uh, you're originally from South Africa, and you know a great deal, much more than I do, about what we're discussing tonight. Yes, I do. I've actually been on various shows, and since 2014, I've been try to, trying to tell the world what's happening, and unfortunately, they are starting to listen. Unfortunately, a whole bunch of people had to die in the process, and are still dying, so thanks for letting me talk about this. Yeah, it, it's absolutely uh, my pleasure, and uh so what I'm going to try to do, because I think uh, Big Mike, he's having the same trouble you did, and I think he's, because he's visually impaired, it's a bit more difficult for him to get through. I eventually uh, um, punched in um, one and a pound, and that worked. The code yeah. doesn't work. <laughs> oh, boy. So... Um, so, Brindy, won't you give us a – actually, um, you know what? Before we get to it now, I do see that our, our other guest has made it through. Wonderful. All right. Big Mike out of Arizona. How you doing, brother? Hey, I'm good. I'm good. All right. All right. I'm, I'm so glad you're here. Uh, Big Mike, um, first off uh, – I, I have to ask because I, I know uh, you're Native American. Uh, you're uh, you basically uh, you're you're a part of the tribal committee there in Arizona. What tribe is that actually? Um, I am on the Gila River Indian Reservation. I'm south of Phoenix. All right, all right. And part of the reason why I wanted you here is because one of the biggest topics of uh, this show is oppression. So I mean, uh, some people who don't feel it think they're they're uh, getting justice for it when they're really not. I'm going to say that right now. They're not oppressed, but uh, nobody. I don't. I don't think. I can't say nobody, but uh, if anybody knows oppression very well, it's your people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. So that, yes. that that's part of the reason why I wanted you here. Now, because we got a, we have a lot of horror stories to tell tonight, and and these are not pretty pictures we're going to paint. Um, you were the the one who told me the story of the Sand Creek Massacre uh, back in 1864, just a few days after the Thanksgiving holiday, mind you, in Colorado. 
So, mm-hmm. I mean, in your your words, uh, please tell us about the Sand Creek Massacre. Well, uh, the Sand Creek Massacre was uh, done to the Cheyenne, uh, a few Arapaho, and some Lakota. Uh, they were led by Black Kettle. He was the chief. And they had settled in the area called Sand Creek. Now, there was a group of militia, the Colorado militia, led by John Shimington. He was, they were no part of the United States government, nor were they part of the United States Army. They were just a group of, uh, you know, people that just wanted to get rid of the Cheyenne and all the others. And so they went into Sand Creek early one morning, and they swept through the villages and killed everybody. Now, at the time that that began, Black Kettle had the American flag outside of his teepee to show them they were friendly. They were not hostile. They were friendly. But, you know, it didn't matter. You know, they're Indians, and that's it. We're going to wipe them all out. And it seems to be that that is the main main reason why a lot of things were done to Native Americans. Um, one of the most um, words that we have always heard is from Andrew Jackson, it's manifest destiny. It is God's will that the white man can take over everything. And so that's kind of like what they, what they went under. But they wiped everybody out. They were killing their babies. They were stepping, crushing on their heads. They were... I mean, it was it was a lot of just brutal, savage, just killing. And when they went back into town, this is the crazy part, that they were using some of the women's private parts to make tobacco pouches out of them. They were carrying scalps of both men, women, children, elders. It didn't matter. And they were going through... Uh, Denver carrying all of these things and praising and saying they had done something, you know, you know, of, of, of great importance. But, you know, they ended up getting all, you know, uh, prosecuted for killing all the people under Black Kettle. Now, Black Kettle managed to survive, but he met his end at the Washita. The Washita was uh, in the Palo Duro uh, Canyon, and I believe it's in Nebraska, I think it was. And they were, again, the Cheyenne, the Arapahoes, and some Lakotas. And again, they, you know, the men were out. And it was just a few men, the elders, the women, and children. This second attack was done by uh, George Armstrong Custer. He divided his troops into three, in a three-pronged, offense into that village. Again, wiping out women, children, elders. And once again, Black Kettle had the American flag up there, and they still dishonored it. Again, he, he died at that, that, at that fight. When you look at some of the battles that have been done to the natives, they're called battles. But when, like... Uh, Custer, when he was uh, wiped out of the Little Bighorn, they call that a massacre. When Fetterman 
boasted about how he could take 100 cavalry and wipe out the whole Sioux nation. And the Sioux and Cheyenne and the Arapahoes came in there and wiped him out. They called that a massacre. But yet when they fought the natives, it was a battle, fighting against women and children and elders. There may be a few men, but, you know, that was the distinction that they used. And many of those people were given uh, decorations, just again as it wounded me in 1890 when they massacred Bigfoot and what was left of the Lakota after being chased around by the 7th Cavalry. And this, too, was the 7th Cavalry. And they were mowed down by Hodgkin's well, machine guns. And they were wiped out like that, too. So, you know, there's, there's other atrocities, you know, throughout the United States, you know. When you look at the history of this country, especially through my area, coming through here, we had to deal with the Spanish coming through here. The Spanish came from us, from the south, and they came up this way. Um, to the east, they were um, the, uh, the French, the Dutch, the English, and, you know, others that came over. But mainly it was the French and Dutch who came up and were settling Canada and the eastern. They were the ones that opened um, the uh, Hudson Bay Fur Company, a trading post. And they were the ones that, you know, they treated the natives pretty good. But eventually people wanted to come and take the lads. You know, they always give that, well, we just want this little bit of land right here. We won't bother you. But that didn't, you know, they wanted more. They wanted more. And they could not understand why we would only live in a small place and take nothing or destroy anything. Well, that's the way we were raised as Native people. You take care of the earth. The earth is our mother. And many of the stories and legends of all Native peoples, we come from the earth, just as it is all around the world. There are stories of how we were made from the earth, even in the Christian Bible. (laughs) Yes, yes. Now, the situation in South Africa, the history is a little bit different. Uh, when, mm-hmm. the, when, the du- when the Dutch and German settlers went down to South Africa to escape uh, persecution because they wanted to go to a place be- because, um, you know, in Europe they, they were being persecuted for their Christian beliefs and, and things like mm-hmm. that. So they, they wanted to get away. And so they, went, they went to, ended up in South Africa, and the land that they stepped foot on the South Africans can claim it was stolen, but there is actually proof that there was nobody there whatsoever except animals. So it was mm-hmm. kind of there for the taking. Yeah. And, Brindy, am I correct in saying this? <clears throat> Not entirely. There was a tribe they called the Khoisan. Those are uh, hunter-gatherers, and they, were, they, they are a very... Um, uh, they, they're not a very... Uh, aggressive uh, tribe. They they were sweet people. They they still they they still hunter gatherers. And and funny enough, they are the only people that are t- today not represented in the South African government. Their language isn't recognised and their culture and beliefs isn't um, recognised. So it's very strange that the only people who can actually claim um, that they were there first are, are absolutely overlooked. But when the Dutch landed in, in Cape Town, they, they came there to set up a, a trading port for uh, trade to India. 
and um, and then as a result, that when they found the land, um, they let people know in back home in in Europe that this is a safe place to come to to serve God, and and not to be persecuted. So so the settlers came, got there in the 1600. They landed in 1652, and uh, and everything was fine. There was no wars fought or anything weird. Um, but it kind of went pear shape when the British arrived, and and they started colonizing and um, and implementing slavery and and all those type of things. And then the mm-hmm. Dutch tried to get away from that, and they moved inland, and mm-hmm. uh, that was in the in the 1700s. And then what happened is the other African tribes started migrating in from the north, and they kind of met in the middle, um, but there wasn't any any major conflicts way back then but it's when the british started to to wanting to take land and, and they started instituting um they found gold and and uh, diamonds and Cecil <laughs> john rose got involved and uh they just tried to, to steal the land from everyone so the dutch and the africans actually fought two civil wars to to get the the british out of south africa and uh, now, just like the other guests oh, yes. said, treated the the natives well. We we are a very liberal type of people, so it's not we 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 never went into enslave anybody. But the perception in the world that was created was that you know we were these racist people. But if you look at at the the laws and and what the British did with slavery, that came to an end in 1834, I think. And uh, they instituted the Glen Grey Act with the forcible land removals in 1818. And the so-called vicious apartheid government that everybody hated on so much only came into existence in 1948. And they inherited all those things. And they tried to, they started then to, to, to fix that. But, you know, the global agenda didn't allow uh, the, the, the real perpetrators to to actually you know own what they've done and it was branded on my people and uh, now we are being persecuted and and literally killed by every day there's a farm murder and it's vicious and and they're killing us and they're saying because we are white it's not a big deal it really um that I just saw on the news in, with a so-called Syrian gas attack where, where they are lamenting the children and women that just died, um, and and the the CNN host was, was going on. America would not stand for that. But, you know, not too long ago, a little girl of eight was raped and beaten to death with a shovel in front of her parents in South Africa. That's okay, because... You know that doesn't serve some what I don't know what it is that that is acceptable because um, my my husband was told that we're just gonna have to work it out. America's not gonna get involved and they don't care and that really hurts my feelings. Why is it okay to to murder kids and children in South Africa but in Syria it's not acceptable? So what is the truth? Exactly, mm-hmm. Brindy. I want to ask you. You you just heard. Uh, Big Mike, he t- he told the story of uh, Wounded Knee and uh, Sand Creek, uh, and this all happened back in 1864, of course, or within that time frame. Mm-hmm. How, how does that com- compare to what's happening in South Africa now com- uh, compared to what he just said? 
You know, it was almost like he was telling my people's story. <laughs> I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Battle of Blood River. Um, that also happened in the 1800s, and these were a few men, women, and children that were um, uh, traveling across the Drakensberg, which is, if you translate directly to the Mountain of the Dragon, um, in South Africa, trying to get to a safer place, and they were attacked by the the Zulus, and uh, and it was well, they also called it a battle, and it was about 60 men against um, about 60,000, and what they did, it this happened on the 31st of May. And I can't remember, it was somewhere in the 1800s. And, and they prayed, they formed a circle, and they said, God, if you could rescue us from this, we will remember this day forever. And that was a day of remembrance in South Africa, almost like Thanksgiving here. And um, when the, the ANC um, communist government came into being, they changed that into a workers' day, and um, they're not observing that as a holy day anymore. But... I know we we was a small tribe and and we were um, hunted by the British and the British actually gave weapons to to certain black tribes to kill us because we were the only ones that stood in the way of of the wealth um, gold and silver and metals and 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 diamonds. But what's happening today as a result is that the same government, the same British. Um, or whoever is behind that is um, telling these black people that they have suffered all these injustices as a result of the Dutch, which is a, a, a big lie. It's it's not, because if you trace back the real history, the people that did those things were the British. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and we are farmers. That's all we are. We farm. And we, we literally... The, the few farmers in South Africa are feeding the entire continent of Africa, but they are literally being murdered. And the, you can see, I've, had, I've spoken to a few of my black friends back home, because you know what, there's this perception that white people in South Africa are these huge racists. We're not. I can speak Zulu. I grew up on a farm. I mean, we, we didn't even know we were, we were this racist. But, you know, way back then in the 80s when the propaganda was, was going on, we didn't have the Internet. We didn't have all the, the, you know, the instant communication that we have now. So when I grew up and... and and they were planting, the ANC were planting bombs in the post offices and in, and in the shopping malls and, and blowing up the country. And we were fighting communism inside and outside of the country. We had these masses of people marching down the street and uh, blowing things up. But, but the way that the newspapers portrayed it in, in your country was that we were the oppressors, but we weren't. Um, so at the end of the day, you know, we are the only country in the history of mankind that had a peaceful resolution via ballot box. All the white people voted for change, voted for us to go away. We didn't want war. And, um, I mean, Nelson Mandela and F.W. de Klerk both won a Nobel Peace Prize for, for the entire event. But then again, you know, at the time when it was happening in 1994, I was, uh, I was 20 years old, and we all had dreams. We we thought Nelson Mandela walked on water, and and he was he was a saint. 
But as the the years progressed and, and you, the things he did, the first thing he did is he released, I don't know how many hundreds of um, very, very bad criminals out of jail, and, and everything started going down, our school system, our hospitals, our health care, everything. And 25 years later, we, we're sitting with a country that's hardly, there's hardly anything left. The, the treasury is empty. The black people that were struggling and that were, were screaming poverty um, are worse off today. There's no health care. If you want to go to a hospital, you have to take a mattress because they've stolen all the beds. There are no beds in the hospitals. The schools are, I mean, there's hardly, there's no chairs in there. They, you know, it's, it's, it's horrible. But this is exactly what happened. They installed communism all under the name of freedom. And and it wasn't freedom. So all people in South Africa are suffering. It's not just the whites. It's it's everyone. This poverty, the crime rate is insane. But you have this faction that's been told that um, you know all their woes is because of of the white people. And um, and I believe there's an agenda behind it because it's so well planned and orchestrated. And if you look at the farm attacks and the murders and how vicious it is and how it's escalating, and now the government's saying in Parliament that they're going to repatriate land with no compensation, um, this is uh, this is their call, you know. And 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 we have more than two, three farmers uh, murders a day now. So. Yeah, it's basically they've been given a an order to to annihilate the white people, and it's exactly what happened in Zimbabwe, and it's exactly what's happening in my country. And when they have finished killing all the white people, they'll the Zulus will turn on the Corsas, and and that's just what they do. They they create a division, whether it's it's race, sex, um, whatever it is, they weaponize that word and and. But I believe that there's an agenda behind it, and there's these people behind it, and it's it's all just designing uh, the, the ultimately, I think, one world or something, you know, with a few people yes. ruling it, and other mm-hmm. peasants are yes. just gonna. Yes. Uh, we mean nothing to them. Yes. Now, um, Big Mike, uh, hearing all of this and uh, and knowing your history. Uh, as well as you do, uh, what's what's your take on all of this of what's going on in South Africa, and uh, how does how does it, it compare to the history of your people? Well, it's it's quite similar to to many other tribes. Uh, you, you know, when she said that, you know, when you said that they that they said that there was nobody living on the land; it was all open. Well, that's what I meant about what they used manifest destiny for. Yes. But to many Native peoples, and I'm sure to the people in Africa, they said from that river to that mountain, from that mountain to the ocean, from the ocean to this other river or to this other forest or whatever, that belongs to us. You know what I mean? It was because yes. that's where they gathered, they hunted, and that was where they knew. So they considered that their ancestral homeland, just as we do here. And, and when the Spanish first came, they recognized my tribe, along with the Comanches, as two nations. They um, called us Pimaria Alta. And to the south in Mexico, we have relatives. They are Pimaria Baja. The Comanches are Camancharia. And so 
that means that, you know, they recognized us as nation. Spain did. But they did not recognize as they went through Arizona. They did not recognize the Apaches, Navajos, Hopis, on into Mexico with the Laguna, the San, Sandista, the uh, Zia, Taos, I mean, all the tribes into, you know, Texas when they met the Comanches. And, you know, they never recognized any of them. But, like, I, you know, again, like what she said, you know, that eventually, you know, Spain treated us well, and we worked well with Spain. But when the Europeans, again, and again, it's the British, <laughs> yeah. came over, they did the same thing, too. And they used a lot of, you know, uh, Christianity. They quoted from the Bible that certain parts. But when you really look at it and read the Bible, it doesn't mean that. It has nothing to do with that. They didn't want to recognize us because, as they called us, we were savages. And we didn't use the land. We didn't take from the land, you know. We didn't know what gold was. I mean, there was gold all over the place, you know. There was <laughs> silver all over. And we, you know, to us, it was just something to make decorations out of it. What I'm jewelry never knowing that that's what that was. And when, you know, the, even Christopher Columbus, if you read Christopher Columbus, that guy, that guy was a pedophile. When he met the, the Tejano uh, natives uh, in, uh, I, I can't remember, it's in uh, one of the islands, that's where he landed. He, you know, had his men, you know, they, they treated the guys good, they treated everybody good, but as they settled there, they started, you know, raping and pillaging and just bringing him doing, you know, yeah, just, just, just being evil. And yet they, you <laughs> praise, you know, you hear them praising, you know, Christopher Columbus is a great discoverer and all these different things. I mean, I was lost. You know where the heck he was going. He thought he was in India. And yet he landed here where we are. And that's why we became to be called Indians, because he thought he landed in West Indies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, complete false. But you know, you know, all tribes. I mean, I, and I believe in Africa. Like I've, I've heard the Zulus. I've heard of uh, some other tribes. You know, you know, you you have your history. That is yeah. where you come from. You know, and I've always heard of Africa being called Mother Africa. You know, that's the motherland. Yes. You know, that's you know where everybody comes from. And I, yes. I you know, I, I and I believe it. I believe it. You know, when you when you look at, like I said, when you look at. You know, many of the, the stories of, of creation, everyone has the creation story where, you know, the creator yes, made a man. wherever it comes from geographically, you know, yes, there's, yes, yes, right. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. So, and it's very know, similar yet different. Yes, yes. And, and then when Christianity came, you know, I mean, I'll give you an example. Okay, I'm a Catholic. Okay, I was even an altar boy at one time. Both Latin phonetically, Dominus Fabistum. Ed conspired the two of And then I found out it couldn't be Pope, so I said, well, never mind what I said. <laughs> man, man. Uh, <laughs> I, I, um, three times, uh, when I was in second grade, I was speaking my language with some of my friends, and one of the nuns came running out from the stairs, grabbed the three of us, rushed us into the girls' bathroom, and grabbed a bar of soap, and made us open our mouths, and she washed our mouths out with soap and told us to never speak our language. It was the devil's language. When I was in uh, fifth grade, I asked a question, 
because they were saying that, you know, George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Abraham Lincoln, and all these people went to heaven because they did the things that God wanted to do here. Then I asked them, I said, well, if they're patriots, then wouldn't Sitting Bull, Crazy Horse, Chief Joseph, Cochise, you know, all those that fought for their lands to keep it and to protect it, when they go to heaven too? I got slapped for that. And I was told never to speak like that because I'm trying to, um, how was it, uh, I'm trying to make a, a savage people like they belong to God or something like that. And then, mm-hmm. you know, the third time was I, I couldn't figure out a math problem. And the nun made me stand at the blackboard. And when I still couldn't figure it out, she came, she wrote the answer down, and she grabbed me by the back of the head and slammed my head into the blackboard, telling me, remember it, remember it, remember it. When I turned around, one of the kids said I was bleeding, and I touched my forehead, and I had a cut in my head. She told me, she, got scared. She, she told me, go wash your face off. Well, I, I washed my face off, but I ran home. My father was a Federal Bureau of Indian Affairs police officer. The next day, he put us in his squad car, took me, my brother, and my sisters back to the school, went into that schoolroom and confronted that nun and told that nun, if you ever lay a hand on my kids or any of these other kids here, I'll come back and I'll arrest you for child abuse. You keep your hands off of these kids. After that, beating stopped in that mission school that I went to. They didn't do it. That's so, good. You know, yeah. And, and you know, I've, I've been raised both traditional. I've been raised in my traditional ways. I speak my language. I sing my songs. You know, I tell my stories. I'm, I'm a youth mentor. I'm trying to keep the history of my people from disappearing. And, and you heard what I said there, uh, uh, Billy, when I told you about the mountain and what the old people would say, that mountain is going to disappear. And we didn't understand it. Well, I do now. I do now. That's because a lot of our people forgot to pray at that holy mountain. I don't. I still go up there. I go up there in the summer, which is our June 21st, the first day of summer is our New Year. I go again in fall and again in winter and again in spring. I leave my offerings, I leave my prayers, and come back home again. And I pray for all my people. I, I don't leave anybody out. You know, I just, I take care of what I have to take care of, the way I was raised as, you know, traditional man. But again, I'm still a Catholic. I taught catechism. Been doing it for ten years, but I'm done. I'm I'm backing away from catechism, not because I don't like it, but I, I'm being called to other places. I'm being pulled, you know, that people want me here, people need me there, and so I need to just step away from the Catholic Church and catechism and go back and start doing things for my my people again. So you know, I live in two worlds. I live in the traditional world, but I live in the Christian Catholic world, and that's you know that's the way I was raised. <clears throat> Now, one thing I really want to mention, too, is, uh, you know, Brendy brought it up, and it's going to be brought up several time in, times in this show, is uh, you have the angry, militant, uh, delirious Malema. Oh, did I just say that? Uh, Julius Malema. Exactly what he is. <laughs> but, um, you know, the words he's repeating over and over and over and over again is uh, reprocreation without compensation. You know, which they drive, they drive the farmers out. The farmers grow the food. Um, a lot of the, uh, they, a lot of the people there. Yes, there are black farmers, but uh, not quite as many. 
Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, they, they drive them off that land. They don't know how to farm. They don't know how to harvest. They, um, you know, which is going to lead to a famine, which is exactly well, what? what's uh, happen, happening in uh, Zimbabwe right now. Yes. But I have never heard a Native American say expropriation without compensation ever. No. I mean, have, no. No. Uh, those words haven't even come come to your no. mind. And and and, and uh, this, the United States, I shamefully say, is stolen land from the Native Americans, and they never talk like that. Yeah. 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 It's, but you, it's, you there's, know, no, there's no driving force of funding a movement to, to, to create that, you know, and that's the whole thing. And, and if you look at George Soros, I mean, he stood right next to F.W. de Klerk when they were signing over the country. And uh, if you see who Malema sits with and the Rothschilds, I mean, these people are, are evil. And, and I believe if I listen to the rhetoric on your news channels and I'm going, I've just come from this and, and it's like we're hearing the same words, the same things being repeated, your statues well, are being removed. The things that I've just gone through is being implemented here. So I think my country was, was a test bed to disarm a nuclear country and, and give it over to, to, to communism because they, the, the perception is that the black people are ruling the country, but they are not. But I just want to come back to something that um, your other guest just said, um, where, where he talked about from here to there and from this mountain to that river. You know, that is exactly what apartheid was. And when people hear the word apartheid, they feel uncomfortable. And I'll tell you why, because they weaponize that word. The word apartheid is a Dutch word, and it means separate. Apartness, yes. Apartness. Ap- and, yes. so the, the, and I'll tell you what it was. Because there are nine tribes in South Africa, there's ten if you include the Khoisan, but for some reason, and don't ask me why, I have no idea, the Khoisan has never been recognized as a tribe. And in my opinion, they are the only valid tribe that can actually claim that they were there first, you know. But anyways, that's a separate topic. So what the apartheid government did is because these were warring tribes, specifically the Sutus and the Tkosas and the Zulus, I mean, they were fighting wars with each other. They couldn't stand each other. They were fighting. So what they did is they created homelands. And the homelands were where these people claimed their origin. So they would say, okay, from this river to that mountain to this area, this is where the Tkosas live. This is where the Zulus live. And the apartheid government actually funded that. And I, I have that on my blog, thetruthaboutsouthafrica.org. You can just go type in Homeland Financials. I've, I managed to get copies of that. This was funded to the tune of 500000 I mean $500 billion in the 70s. Now, that's a lot of money. Um, with a, and, and what that meant is that every tribe and tongue had an opportunity to rule themselves, own their own world, their own country, teach their children in their own language. And this was accepted. I mean, you can even go and Google FW, I mean, not FW, um, HF Verwurt. Um, he was later painted as the father of apartheid and this evil monster, but he wasn't. Um, you can go and Google where he talks to these um, 
tribal leaders that now were in charge of their own people, their own country, their own currency, their own passport. This was what, what, what the homelands were. But it was portrayed as racism because, they were, because it was portrayed as separate development. How do you want, why do you want to be separate? That's just evil. But it wasn't evil because the people wanted to preserve their own language, their own culture, their own beliefs. They wanted that. But it was indoctrinated that this was evil. Even when um, Nelson Mandela came out of prison and uh, the entire country um, merged into one, there were two homelands. So one is Namibia and the other one is Swaziland that decided that, no, they don't want to do this. They want to be separate. They want to still, you know, speak their own language and rule themselves, and they decided to stay independent. And that's why today those are two still, still two independent countries, but they were two homeland countries. So that is the perception of the world, that this apartheid was this evil thing, but it wasn't. The, 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 the my people recognized the, 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 the other tribes and tongues' right to exist and speak their language, rule themselves, and own their own land. Now, today, if you look at that, 60% of, that, of um, the land that everybody's screaming and jumping up and down over belongs to the government of South Africa, which is the old homelands. That land can easily be converted into farmland, because it's good land. I mean, even though the world were told that it was swamp land, it wasn't. It's good land. That can be converted into, into farmland. It can be given to the people, back to the people. And it will take 20 years. But, you know, my people even said they will participate in that program and teach these people to farm. But, no, the minority is my people. There's only, in a country of 60 million people, there's only about... Four and a half million white people left. Of that four and a half million people, only three percent of those of the minority actually still own land because they've been driven off the land. And the fact is, those people want to work with these with the government and want to teach the skills and they want to help. This is what we've always done, but it's being denied us. We're being villainized and murdered. So. If the, the agenda was to help these people and to care about these people and to uplift these people, the recipe is there. The land is there. The money is there. I mean, America and the UN and everybody donates millions and billions of dollars to South Africa yearly. That money never sees, goes to the people. It goes into some crony's pocket, never to be seen again. And that is the problem. Yeah, it's, people it's listening realize people yes. listening realize that history has been changed and rewritten and brushed under the mats for us to forget about too, so they can conform uh, like a conformist type of uh, society, so they can control the masses. You understand, people? Like history has has been brushed under the carpet, so so as we don't have to think about it, or, or you know, so we are brainwashed. We've been brainwashed over here in the United States. This is bullshit. Well, yes. sorry, I didn't mean to offend yeah. the two guests. I'm sorry. Just, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm ashamed. When we are American citizens, you understand, citizens, that is a liberty. That is a, a that is a, uh, uh, whatever you want to call it. We are guests here. We are not native to the land. None of uh, you people, you unless go. you're Native America, yes. unless you're originally from that country there, we are all 
immigrants. There we go. I live in. I live around yeah. Asians. I live around blacks. I live around Spanish. I love my neighbors. I get along great with them. Where is that? Every city or, or town you go into in the United States segregates itself because the government has twisted shit around to make, mm-hmm. to change history, to brush things under so people would forget about what really happened. That's why they're removing the statues. That's why they are, because they are rewriting history. That's why I started my blog in 2014. My son came home, and I read his history book. And I looked at that, and I thought, this is just bravo, Sierra. What is written and what is being taught to the children is not true. This never happened. Yes, ma'am, I failed history on purpose because I argued. I argued. Without me even knowing, I knew something was not right back then. 30 years ago. That's good. That's good. All right. Um, We are just about out of of time for this segment. Uh, I want to thank both uh, Big Mike and Brindy for joining us uh, before we hit the music set. Um, uh, Big Mike, um, my request to you is uh, when you go go to your spot, when you go to the mountain, I can't remember exactly what you said. But uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you uh, for uh, my request is to uh, w- when you smoke the pipe and uh, and you pray, please uh, include South Africa in your prayers because it's it, it it's total chaos over there right now. Yes, yes. Um, in fact, we're getting ready to do a sweat lodge ceremony tonight, and in all four rounds. The first round is a message round. You pray to the Creator. Second round is a dreaming round. You pray for both the living and for those that have gone on. The third round is called a healing round. You pray for healing for your body, mind, and soul. The last round is called a blessing round. We pray for blessings for everybody. So in all four rounds, I will put, you know, Africa in there. And Brandy, I will put your name in there. Billy, I will pray for you and your wife. My real real name's Eddie. (laughs) Eddie? Okay, I'll pray for you, Eddie. Just put a prayer in there, like, for me as me putting a prayer in there out for everybody as well, please. And I will include everything in my prayers tonight. I'm so sorry, and I am so grateful for you two being here now. Absolutely. Thank you you so much. You're welcome. You're welcome. uh, One thing uh, I'm going to ask of you, Brindy, is... uh, if you could please, um, for, for our listeners, which uh, a lot of this is getting out to South Africa, if you could could uh, deliver a message in uh, the languages you speak uh, for for uh, your friends and family in South Africa. Um, okay, I will. Um, first of all, I'm going to speak Afrikaans to to the Afrikaans people listening. I will not feel a say that I is busy on my heart to work here Ek praat met mense, ek het mense wat belangstel om jylle te sponsor, om jylle te help, om, om uit te kom as dit nodig is. Contact my, uh, brandy at caravantomidnight.com en um, in Zulu, nia Tandazo, nia Kelekule Manawe. Nia Tanda. Thank you so much. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you both very much for your time here on the show. I really, really appreciate you guys yeah. coming out here and speaking on this. To our folks. Beautiful souls. Uh, absolutely. So Beautiful right. souls. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you absolutely. so much. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Well, you guys take care. Right. Uh, yeah. You too. Have a good evening. And uh, 
Again, I'll be praying for all of you guys. All right? Thank you. Thanks. 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 Thank you. All right. Thank you both. Okay. Bye. Goodbye. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye, guys. Take Thank care. You. All right. All right. So we're going to hit our first music set uh, coming up. We got uh, Albert Frost. I'm pretty sure uh, Brindy's familiar with him. him. <laughs> and uh, following following that, we have uh, Waking the Sleeper, then uh, Anton Maybach out of uh, South Africa, Theory of a Dead Man, and Cowboy Troy with Big and Rich. With that said, we'll be right back. This is the kind of thing that just tickles my balls. You're listening to Outlaw Radio, and if you don't agree with our opinions, then fuck your mother. Hey, do you kiss your girlfriend with that mouth? Cold. If I'm right, the 
dangerous path. We're all right, and everyone's safe. Sunrise, it takes away the cold now. South Africa. Kayla Meyer, a nine-year-old girl, her mother, her mother's fiancé, and the fiancé's father were brutally murdered. Kayla was tied up with wire and murdered with a spade. An innocent nine-year-old girl. Genocide of white people, black-on-white violence, is ongoing and rampant in South Africa, and the numbers of the attacks and murders are growing every day. 
An article posted to Vanguard14.org reported in 2016, from 1 January 2016 to 12 March 2016, there have been 64 farm attacks and 17 murders. In reality, it is closer to 60 per day. That means five people are murdered on average every 120 minutes. These stats are at a worse death rate than the Iraq war. The article also states that this genocide was kept hush-hush in the South African mainstream media and South Africa's politicians were silent regarding the issue. Many black South Africans are enraged by the former apartheid in South Africa that was in place from 1948 until 1991. Now, Julius Malema and his economic freedom fighters want all South African whites to pay. Land is being seized, taken out from under white South African farmers and landowners, even by attack and murder, all in the name and guise of so-called justice. How far must this carnage go? White families in South Africa are being attacked and murdered every day. Even the lives of children are being taken. Julius Malema and his economic freedom fighters are destroying the dream and vision of Nelson Mandela of a unified South Africa. South African whites are being made to pay for the apartheid of the past with their lives. How long must the white genocide in South Africa continue? Why is nothing being done by South African officials to stop it? South Africa. Let's stop this nonsense and bring back a truly unified South Africa, the way Nelson Mandela would have wanted it. Send South Africa's officials and politicians the message that racial segregation and discrimination of any race in South Africa will not be tolerated. Bring South Africa's unity back. Stop the genocide. Thank you.
Johan topi pluk ani son sal Jesus van die buren seru wordt nooit moed van die buren seru wordt nooit moed om te pluk als hij staan staan is er gerasterot zet jij het dan soms het al zal niet hij Ik speel met de bons lang. Voor maar voor boeren zien, niemand zal jou grond kom neem, want die boeren ze roep, wordt nooit moe.
in Russia. Здравствуйте, как дела? Пожалуйста, be careful cause I'm hot to ya. Well, I'm rocking ya. And your mouth is hanging open face. Oh, We got the cowboy sound all across the sea. Bonjour to the French and the Portuguese. Konnichiwa to the Japanese. I'll even break it down for you in Mandarin Chinese. Our son, son, our evening, how will you be on Chum TPT? Well, Swan, may go live. Chidi and Lu, well, don't Jian Kong, why won't you? Niman Fu, Yi Jian, you want Jian, sure. Swan, you're just so live. Well, don't Bian, Beijing, Yi Swan, Sian Gang, Dai Jian, Yi Lu, Ping On. Dominant heaven is what you hear in Germany when the speakers are blaring. Frankfurt, Berlin, Hamburg, and Cologne. I'm racking up minutes calling home on my cell phone. I can't wait to rock Tokyo. Nihonjin, tomo arigato. Okinawa, Kyoto, Osaka. Sounds like a job for the chief party rocker. I'm a lyrical black belt, so now you know. Some call it Tung Fu, I call it Taekwondo. Flow. Les délais, bon ton roulé. As I'm rocking Perry and the Champs-Élysées. feeling than strapping up or grabbing those kettlebells, grappling on the mat or doing some shadow boxing, getting knocked down, getting back up, throwing strikes and then doing it all over again. So when you hear someone scream, gear up, you better get ready because it's just you, your hunter athletic gear and the voice telling you to train harder. No matter how much experience you have, hunter athletic gear stands with you all the way. Their products are engineered for utmost comfort, protection and speed. 
battle after battle. Hunter Athletic Gear is the brand celebrating your victory. Hunter Athletic Gear has a range of great training and fight gear for men and ladies, including compression pants, fight shorts, hoodies, vests, caps, and bikinis. They can create custom branded ranges for your gym or business. Visit their website at huntermma.co.za. Gear up and let's train. Hey, everybody, it's your boy Westar from the GF6 Show, reminding you to check us out on the baddest station on the planet. For station and broadcast times, go to www.gf6.com. That's G-F-S-I-X.com. You know what we do. Blow it up. Hey there, if you love your rock and talk, raw, uncut, unfiltered, uncensored, and unpussified, check out the Jay and Brody Show with hosts Jay and Brody Z. Be a podcast worldwide at jbrodyshow.podbean.com. Two average Joes get together, drink up, engage in witty banter and talking, and discuss news, movies, sports, unsigned music, and find out who is the dumbass of the week. Anything goes. Some material may not be suitable for children under 18. Follow the Jay and Brody Show on Twitter at Jay Brody Show. The Jay and Brody Show. What more needs to be said?
Eddie, uh, you, you, or I, I know you said your your uh, your real name on the show, but I yeah, I'll I go ahead, Mr. Go ahead. It's, it's Eddie. Everybody, I am not a hard person to find. My name is Eddie. That's that's it, Mister Freeze. <laughs> yeah. That was just an old thing I used to go by, but it is what it is. You know what I mean? I kind of yeah. kind of stuck with me it's, over the years, but uh, it, it's a good name to have over the air, though. Yeah, I was told I had a cold heart at one point. Oh, that's pshaw. <laughs> well, you're not you're not really demonstrating that tonight, you know. Um, no, sir. No, I can be a capital no. C, but uh, no, I mean I'm a selective C. <laughs> yes, I am. But uh, you know, we're going to continue this discussion. This discussion, you know, we got the farm murders going on in South Africa, which which are some of the most heinous crimes I have yes. ever seen. And I wanted to point yes. out as well. For those of you that are not too familiar with the word apartheid, then you can look up the word segregation or segregate. You cannot define the other word without using the other word. The root word of apartheid is apart or apart nest, if you want to put a suffix on it. Yeah. So yeah. to segregate or to, uh, to uh, implement apartheid, it's one and the same, folks. That's why I was on my soapbox earlier saying any city, any town you go to is segregated. It is unfair. Color should not be an issue wherever you go. Never, ever, ever. So these bigots that are going, these Malena, Malema, what the, I don't even give two shit sports what his name really is. This bigoted butt-fucking asshole has these people racially charged, and it's, these are, these are civil. It's going to a civil war. Right now, I believe this is a civil war. And for the U.S. and other people to not be involved in this, when the U.S. wants to, you know, the military, the government wants to butt its nose into other countries' business and start fires and shit over there, metaphorically speaking, why has nobody, this has been going on since actually 2013, I believe, the actual when uh, um, Nelson Mandela died on December 5th, 2013. This EFF was actually formed, I believe, a few months before that. And uh, as Brindy had said, 2014, all this shit, like, really kind of hit the fan. So. Where has the U.S. been for the past going on five years now almost? Why well, has nobody – well, go ahead and say because I've got, I've got a bunch of yeah. other stuff to say, man. Yeah. Well, I've, I've got to get to some uh, clips that uh, absolutely need to be played. One of, them was, one of them was released to me a few days ago. Um, this, was, this was given to me in, in uh, confidence, so I took the time. It was, it was uh, spoken in both uh, English and Afrikaans. I took it, I recorded it, I edited out the Afrikaans, and, uh, you know, it's about nine minutes long, um, and uh, just in English alone, so that's why I had to edit it down, and then I had to, of course, uh, uh, edit uh, the voice being used on it as well, so uh, I better play this message here. People, I will relay this message as... Things are escalating in this country at a incredible pace. And which I'm going to share with you now comes from ground root. People that have come and warned certain people in our country a while back made a statement that in his own language that in April 1652, the oppression in this country started. 
and that that oppression will be stopped in April this year, 2018. Ladies and gentlemen, you must remember, there are millions of them out there, and the masses, we talk of the masses. There were promises made to the masses, and those promises are going to come to being as of from the 18th to the 25th. You are aware that as of the 18th, the protests are going to start and they're going to escalate to the 25th when a nationwide strike is going to start. You know of all the warnings that they're going to block off roads, they are going to plunder shops and everything they can. A lot of our people know that at the end of the day, when this happens, it's going to lead to famine and poverty. What I want to show you people, if you look at the songs that they sing that are motivating these people to start with this which they are planning. Whatever they sing or speak in English is of such an effect that the international people will see it in their favor. But that which they speak and sing in their own language is completely and utterly controversial to that what they say on international media. On the 25th, the big unions are starting to strike. There's already intimidation taking place. And you people, we people in South Africa know what that intimidation means. It's to show these people that if you don't do what we tell you, this is what will happen to you. As of the 18th, they are forcefully going to squat on land, they're going to plunder, and they're going to rob. What I want to tell you people is that you must be careful. For these people <laughs> to draw you into circumstances where you take the law into your own hands. And I have not once, but I've frequently said, our people must be careful because they're looking for a reason to tell the international or the world outside that we started the war. So be careful, people, that you are not drawn into doing something which they can use internationally against us. We know what the true reasons are. We know 
with the FETSO, but the international media and the world outside don't know what we are facing. Must be careful. They would use any means to prove to the world that they are doing the right thing. To prove to them that all the lies and the shit that they have spread over the world to disown the white government in this country to their advantage. I got this information from a very trustworthy person who came to warn our people to get out of Joburg and the cities as everything aforementioned is what they are planning. It is hard for me to give you people this message because I know a lot of people out there are going to laugh it off and say, oh well, what has happened before? We prepared and nothing happened. But I want to tell you people, we've got problems and we've got major problems. So people, please, if you want to laugh this off, laugh it off. But my advice to you is, Listen for once in your lives. People, all the signs are there. We, as a nation, as a God-fearing nation, we can do what we can to assist our people. But we need to take the Lord's hands. We need to go on our knees and we need to ask God for wisdom and guidance. The international community don't know what is happening and what is transpiring in South Africa. And I want you people to hold on to your faith and to never let go of his hand. We can't tell you people what to do. Because everything in life is about choices. People, my heart, even if there are people that have not prepared, I as a man cannot just leave those people to their own doing. I want you people to think about this. We're talking about a white Christian fearing nation. We're on the verge of a total genocide. And I pray to you and I pray to the Lord that he will assist us to beat off the, the forces of darkness. People, I'm not sending you this message to cause havoc and fear 
I'm sending you this message because this is a reality. I ask that everyone thinks about this and that the choices you make are to the benefit of your families and your children. May God be with us. Thank you. Wow. Mr. Freeze, what what's your opinion on that? I think uh, I think anybody within our earshot of our voices, please beg and plead to anybody from the U.S. to help these people. The only ones that are making this about race are Malina and his followers right now. This is and the AMC. people. Well, yeah, yeah the, sorry, I'm sorry. And the um, yeah the yeah. Okay, forgive my ignorance on some of this. I just uh. Oh no no it's not but, uh, that you're Yeah, um, I just had to throw that in there. That's all. Right. Well, that's by simple definition, ignorance, lack of knowledge. So forget my. <laughs> um, but you guys, anybody within within earshot of us, please. If you know somebody, if you have connections to our government, to whatever, help these people. Help things get resolved. I mean. I don't even know what to say. It's almost being like, it's kind of like anybody that does get involved, their hand is forced because you would have to take him out, this leader. You would have to, there would have to be lives taken in order to regain some, to, to stop this. So you're fucked either way, I, I mean, in a sense. But I, I'm not trying to start some sort of riot or anything like that or say just, if Malima wasn't around, I don't think things would be carried out as far as they are, and they could regain some control, perhaps. Um, what is it? Rather, uh, 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 something, uh, uh, take a few to spare the many, or whatever they call it, whatever that statement is. Um, the needs, well, at least if you want to go by Star Trek and what yes. the box said, oh, the, oh, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the one. There you go. There you go. So similar the thing, to that. And I'm sure there's something me, quoted in the Bible like that, similar to, like, you know, like, but, uh, well, Mr. Uh, Mr. Free, sorry. Let me, let me ask you something. Let me ask you something here. Now, um, one of my favorite uh, Stephen King stories is uh, The Dead Zone, and, and the movie was pretty brilliant, too. And uh, the, qu- the question that was popped to uh, Christopher Walken's character, who could, uh, after his car accident and he wakes up from a coma, is that uh, he could foresee things in the future he had visions if he touched somebody's hand he could see some something uh, they were going to do in the future and and he shook a politician's hand and saw that one day he would be president and he was going to launch a nuclear attack and uh, he approached his counselor and said if you met hitler and you knew what he was going to do before he was going to do it would you kill him is that no, a question that, for me yeah and that oh no if if that was the case, if you had that kind of power, you met Adolf Hitler before he did what he did, and you knew he was going to do it. Would you? Pull I would the drop pin? him where he stood. I would drop him where he stood, especially because there are Jewish people connected. I mean, not especially because, but I have you know 
some of my family, there's Jewish people in the, you know, I have a big family anyway, but um, not just for me, but you, you're damn right. I would, I would drop them like a lead fucking fart. Yes. <laughs> I, I like that. Um, and I, Here's another message. This one's not quite as long, but this one was released uh, yesterday uh, about an attack. Uh, the EFF is threatening to attack farmers in a part of South Africa called Kalini. And, uh, you know, they've got pictures of EFF members in the back of pickup trucks going and knocking on people's doors, basically, I think, saying, pack your shit. This is ours. L- listen to this. Okay, this is Jan Lamprecht. I just received photographs and information directly from Kulini. There is, there is information coming from multiple sources. It has been coming from multiple sources where blacks have been going and informing whites that Julius Malema's EFF is getting ready to launch an attack on Kalini. And I'm going to send you one of the photos taken of EFF in Kalini today. Lots of weird things are going on. The whites of Kalini have stated, they've even gone to the police. They have said that if Malema's EFF attacks Kalini, that the whites are going to stand their ground and they're going to fight for their lives in Kalini. So this is going down in Kalini right now. Please spread this message. Any whites who can assist the, the whites of Kalini, please get in contact with the whites in Kalini. Please try and assist them. We don't know exactly when the attack is coming, but the attack the blacks, multiple, multiple black sources have gone to whites and have told them the same story. And EFF have been observed in Kalini. And the whites have already gone to the police station and they've told them, we are going to fight. You are not going to burn down houses again like you did last time. So please spread this to everybody and... If you know anyone in Kalini and Lichtenberg and farmers, please see what you can do. Get in touch with people. See what you can do. If the EFF goes to attack Kalini like they did last year, they must meet with whites who are going to stop them. Thank you very much. And I don't know why that got started, but... uh... Anyway, um, yeah, that's a pretty powerful message there. Now, to further put some light on uh, Julius Malema, uh, he admires one of the most hated dictators of the 20th century, aside from Adolf Hitler or Saddam Hussein. After Fidel Castro died in 2016, I think it was, Malema is talking about how he wants to form a nation the same way Fidel Castro did. And, of course, I talk to Cubans, and they have nothing good to say about Fidel Castro. After Fidel Castro died, so many were celebrating his death. To, yeah, it, Mr. Freeze, get a load of this. I'm going to play this video here. All right. We want to be like Fidel 
and we want to be like Cuba because we want South Africa without poverty. We want South Africa with free education. We want quality primary health care which is free. We want the jobs for our people. We want the economy to be controlled by the people and not the white minorities. We must ensure that we celebrate the life of this fearless fighter of a socialist revolution. We must fight for the total emancipation of our people. So some of you who are scared and who think that you can only do these things when you are older, you must think again. Because Fidel Castro started the struggle when he was 19 at the University of Havana. 19 years. He took on the government of the day. Can you say retarded? Oh, I can think of a few more as well. <clears throat> uh, well, let's hear. This is a, a news clip from Las Vegas. Now, uh, the DeCastro Verde Law Firm in Las Vegas, they, they came over here from Cuba and started their law firm. The father who founded it uh, was uh, one of the soldiers at the age of 19 himself who fought against Cuba at uh, the Bay of Pigs invasion. So uh, take a listen to this uh, news clip here. Get this started. Celebrations over sorrow tonight in Miami and across the globe as the world reacts to the death of Cuban dictator Fidel Castro. He was 90 years old. Good evening, everyone. I'm Gerard Romalo. For five decades, Fidel Castro defied U.S. efforts to overthrow him, his legacy leaving a big impression on local Cuban Americans, including those right here in Las Vegas. It is our top story tonight at 11. News 3's Nathan O'Neill joins us live near Maryland Parkway in Charleston with one family's reaction. Yeah, George, I'm standing at the De Castro Verde Law Firm. It's a place that was built from the ground up by a family living the American dream. But their story starts in Cuba. Anna and her people went wild. They surrounded him, engulfed him. For decades, Fidel Castro ruled Cuba with a firm fist. The dictator's recent death, an emotional milestone for Cuban Americans across the country. He's a brutal dictator who's destroyed his country for power. Alex DeCastroverdi's family is a staple in Las Vegas, but his family is also rooted in Cuban history. His father, Waldo, born in Cuba, began fighting Fidel Castro's regime at only 19 years old. My dad came to the United States and, and joined the brigade of Cuban immigrants that were trained by the CIA to overthrow Fidel Castro. Waldo, part of a paratroopers team. As we know, the Bay of Pigs invasion was not successful, and my dad, as a result, uh, was in prison for two years. Fidel Castro's death marking a bittersweet moment for Alex, rejoicing at the dictator's death, but also saddened his father would not live long enough to see this day. Waldo died just two years ago. He wanted nothing else but to see Fidel Castro dead. And today, at least I know he's looking down that we are closer to a free Cuba because Fidel Castro is dead. 
And as the rest of the world looks to Cuba to wonder what is next for that country, Alex is hopeful that he will see freedom in Cuba, at least in his lifetime. Reporting live, Nathan O'Neill, News 3. A lot of people out there hoping for the same thing. Nathan, thank you for the live report. So we it's basically, I have to say this, I don't think Julius Malema gives two shits about white people, that's very obvious. He doesn't give two shits about black people. No, He's he cares about for, himself. He wants the power, is what he wants. He wants people. the control. He History wants, will repeat itself. He wants South Africa, the people of South Africa, pressed under his fucking boot, is yep. what he wants. Yep. You know, and uh, people that talk, people that talk like me in a more professional manner... Get attacked by yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh-huh. that, well, yeah, uncensored. Well, thank, thank, thank the Lord. Yeah. Um, Malema, if you're listening, which I hope you are, but I doubt you are. You worthless. I'm sure one of his sure one of his bitches piece, are. You worthless, cocksucking piece of shit faggot. And I, yeah, I'll, I'll use a few childish uh, phrases. For one, you're not going to shut me up. If you want to come to America and come after me, let's do it. And you're not going to get expropriation without compensation, without a fucking fight. And that's the bottom line there. You're well, not going to point not, out. No, sorry. No, no, you you go ahead. What Brindy pointed out is, it was um, the British are coming. The British are coming. I mean, come on now, people. Fucking history will repeat itself. The Dutch moved inland. They're killing the people that had nothing, that moved away from other white people coming in to screw them out of what they were trying to do. You take care, you take out all these farmers, you take back, quote unquote, your land. What do you think is going to happen? All the resources, like all the food, everything that's being grown is going to be gone. You're going to turn on yourselves and start robbing and looting and murdering yourselves. As Billy just pointed out, Malema doesn't give two fucks about anybody. And who's this wee shit? He has a little mouse in his pocket, perhaps. But once, if everything is, if he gets his way, all the people that are following him are going to start turning on themselves. And whether they do or not, he's going to have them in a position where he can have them completely under his thumb, as he does most of them right now, but his followers at least. And he will have yes. enough of those idiots on his side that they can have a hostile takeover. So <clears throat> it's, it's, it's going to come back on you guys following him, trust me. It's all going to come back. Oh, I have, I have no doubt about that. No doubt about that whatsoever. Now, um, there's somebody else here who, uh, who posted a video. I think uh, before we go to our next music set, uh, we should definitely play the audio from this video as, as soon as I can find it here. Folks, folks, I almost didn't want to do this because I was, I was praying and asking God, you know, what, what do I do? What do I do? And uh, I wasn't expecting a thunderbolt, you know, a lightning bolt to come down and give me a sign whether or not to do this. But what I did, what I chose to do is I took it upon myself to call a big hitter, one of the biggest radio stations out on the New England, in the New England area. I don't know if they want me to put them out there, but, well, let's just say it. I listened to them, W-A-A-F. And a gentleman oh, there gave me some advice, and he said to me, he says, Eddie, if you feel it's right, 
and you feel you're doing the right thing, you stand up for what is right. And I've done that all my life. I, I, you know, I was nervous, but I am not going to sit back and watch this, you know, if I can get my voice out here. I'm not going to sit back. And I don't know if that was proper for me to say that, the, the, the station. I don't know, dude. I Forgive me if that's wrong. People, God, please, everybody, please forgive me. But I am so proud of the advice that I got from somebody there. Um, nobody yeah, on the air, absolutely. just somebody. But, but I respect him so much, and that means so much to me, that he told me, you know, if he, he backed up what I already thought. If you firmly believe that that is what is right, then you fight for what is right. So All right. here I am. Sorry. No, I'm not sorry, but here I am. There it is. All right. Well, uh, this uh, video blog, this comes from uh, Ronaldo House. I think that's how it's pronounced. But, uh, yeah, this, this is entitled, uh, It's Time for South Africa to Deal with Julius Malamus. Um, let's have a listen to this before we go to our music set. This is about 13 minutes long. You are going for your white man in PE. We are going to cut the truth. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Ronaldo here. So this video is going to focus on Julius the Cancer Malema. Now, for those of you that have watched my channel for quite a while, you remember back in the day the Julius Malema videos that I used to make in which I completely lost my shit on what he said. Now, you would think that in a democratic South Africa that politicians like that would quickly be uh, pushed to the sidelines because they add no value in uniting this country and making South Africa a better place for all. Um, but yet, as we know, Julius Malema went from somebody uh, that was kicked out of the ANC for being too radical um, and being too rich for somebody that didn't have the amount of money that he was supposed to have, breakling watches, millions of rands of property um, based on an on ANC Youth League salary. But magically, all those things disappeared. You know, all those charges against him, the tax man came after him, that disappeared. Um, he had a lot of people that settled his bills. The question, obviously, that you have to ask yourself is, who's settling those bills and what do they want in return? But I digress. So here we have somebody that's an obvious cancer to South Africa. And when I say this, I honestly mean that the majority of South Africans agree that Julius Malema is an absolute cancer. This is not a white opinion. This is a white, black, colored, Indian, Asian opinion of Julius Malema. That is why his party only got 8% of the vote in the last elections. In the last national elections, his party just got over 6% of the vote. So it's clear to see that they are a minority party, but yet they act like they govern this country. So what is this video about and why am I explaining Julius Malema to you? Well, Julius Malema, as we know, make outlandish statements and blatant hate speech statements and racist statements, and nothing ever happens to him. Now, obviously, we know this happens because he's a black individual. If a white individual had to say something similar, they would have long been out of the political picture. But that double standard exists in South Africa where if you're a black politician and you say something hurtful, hateful, and racist towards somebody that is a white politician, that is fine. And I know that because I experience that in council meetings that I sit in here in Nelson Mandela Bay on a daily basis. However, if I had to say exactly the same thing but aim it towards a black individual, my political career would be over. So 
the point that I'm trying to make is that we've reached the point where Julius Malema can say what he wants and nothing happens to him. Whether it's a direct threat on your life, whether it's a racist statement, or whether it's just something outlandish that will cost the country dearly in the long term. So we do know that expropriation of land without compensation is now the new hot topic because we're about a year away from the elections. So in the past, it used to be different things, but this year, it obviously is um, expropriation of land without compensation. That is what's going to get the ANC votes. That's what's going to get the, uh, the EFF votes. And the DA stance is pretty clear, that we believe in a constitution, and therefore we cannot support expropriation of land without compensation because it constitutionally it's not the right thing to do. But all of those things that I just mentioned isn't really what this video is about. This video is about something that Julius Malema said on the 1st of March 2018 that for some weird reason really shocked me to my core. I know that I should be used to a cancer like him spreading and spewing utter bullshit, hateful comments and racist comments but yet this one really got to me because I suppose I am a little bit a part of it. Because his aim is aimed toward Port Elizabeth and Nelson Mandela Bay, it's something that affects me and the people that I know. So I'm not going to leave you in too much suspense. I'm going to play you the video where he gave a speech to a bunch of EFF supporters on the 1st of March. Now, have a listen to this video and then I will dissect certain parts when we get to it. So here we go. We're going to remove a mayor of PE. Not because he stole the money or anything. Uh -uh. Because we want to teach these white people that we mean business when we say expropriation of land without compensation. All right, so as you can hear from that very ignorant statement, he clearly says himself that uh, the mayor has done a great job. The mayor hasn't stolen any money. So... If you logically think about it, there's no reason to get rid of the mayor because he's serving the people of this metro. He's serving all 1.3 million people of Nelson Mandela Bay. However, because uh, the DA didn't vote with the, with the EFF on expropriation of land without compensation, he's not going to teach um, the DA a lesson by removing a mayor that is actually doing his job well, um, which the EFF wanted because that's why they didn't vote for the ANC. But now above that, they also want to get rid of somebody uh, like uh, Apple Trollope and put in a competent ANC mayor. That is what they said in the news reports. So they themselves a couple of months ago said that they will never ever support anything the corrupt ANC does. But here they are removing a mayor that has clearly shown that, he's work, that he works for the people and that he's, he's got competent counselors um, and an organization that works for all South Africans in this metro and for all the residents in this metro. And then obviously he throws the, the race jab in there because Apple Trollope is the only white mayor that the DA uh, chose in order to lead a metro. Um, obviously, that is why they the first target, because Apple Trollope is a white individual. Um, racism, everyone? No, well, of course, of course it is. Because he himself stated that 
the mayor has done nothing wrong, but they're going to get rid of him, and then he throws the jab in there that he's white. So what you can take away from that little piece of the video is that Julius Malema is removing a competent mayor that has actually moved the, the metro forward um, because he's white. You are going for your white man in PE. You are going to cut the proof. Um, okay, so... We are going for your white man in PE, racism. We are going to slit the throat. 2018, and we have politicians with 8% of the support of the electorate in South Africa that supports a man that acts in a racist way and promotes hate speech and actually makes a threat on somebody's life. And this is acceptable. This is the norm. It really honestly blows my mind that the EFF thinks that this is all right, not only to say, but to, to act on this um, by actually removing Apple Trollope. I, I just honestly don't get it. As a politician myself, as somebody that is a counselor that sits in council meetings, I don't understand how our constitution and how our country has deteriorated to this point where a leader of a political party can say this absolute bullshit and then not only does only one or two media houses report on it. I mean, it's not mainstream news. But what blows my mind is that somebody like him saying the stuff that he's saying actually has support and that they will actually do it if the law didn't prevent him from slitting that throat. But moving right along, to get back to the land expropriation without compensation thing that uh, the EFF is all of a sudden so hot under the collar for, right? So they themselves are going to align and vote with the ANC, which they themselves said they would never do because they believe the, the ANC is corrupt. They always wanted Zuma gone, but they said they believe the ANC as an organization is corrupt. So they are now going to vote with the ANC for land expropriation without compensation. And if that gets passed, it means that the state owns all the land. Who is in charge of the state currently? Yeah, the ANC is in charge of the state. So here we have the EFF that will gladly give over all the responsibilities of land ownership to the ANC, which they themselves said they don't trust because they are corrupt. And besides that obvious oversight, what, what I don't understand is that Julius Malema is clearly voting with the ANC and siding with the ANC. Now, this is a man that has flipped and flopped so many times throughout his political career, and it really does speak volumes for the people that actually support him, because if you are a supporter of Julius Malema, then in my humble opinion, you are an absolute idiot because you support somebody that goes from I will kill for Jacob Zuma to Zuma must fall to I will never ever vote with the ANC and the ANC must fall to hey, I will vote with the ANC in parliament in order to get the land expropriation without compensation passed.
All right, so I can go on and on, but I'm going to end this video off by asking the following few questions to Julius, the Cancer Malema, and the EFF as an organization, right? The first one, who decides on which land people get and how big a portion they get? The second question is, what happens if they're not happy with the land that they get? The third question is, who owns the land? Does the state own the land or does the black empowered individual that you gave the land to own the land? Because you know that you are promoting land ownership, yeah? Land expropriation without compensation, right? So the land needs to go to the masses, but does the masses actually own the land or do they need to lease the land from the state, which in this case is the ANC, because the EFF will never ever be big enough to actually run this country. Then the last question I have, and this is really a sincere question. Can I also perhaps get some land? You know, I don't have any. Um, where do I apply? Um, is this open to all South Africans or only black South Africans? And that's basically all I've got to say. If you enjoyed this video, then be sure to leave a comment below and let me know what you think about Julius Malema and the EFF and the threats and racial statements that he made in that video. Also, please be sure to smash that like button. Let's see if we can get a thousand likes. And that thousand likes represent your real disdain for Julius Malema and the EFF. Also, please be sure to subscribe. You can smash the subscribe button below. And if you are subscribed, please be sure to hit that bell icon so that you can be notified of my future uploads. Lastly, Please be sure to share this video with your friends and family because that's literally the only way my message gets out there. Till later, cheers and peace out. Ah. Well, Ronaldo. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Ronaldo, I have no problem putting your words out there. So, uh, really hope you don't mind me playing your audio like that. Uh, I think uh, that was a good statement he made. What do you think, Mr. Yes. Freeze? I agree, absolutely. I didn't even think of that. You know what I mean? All I thought was after they rape everybody of the land or whatever they do, yeah, I, 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 thought, I just thought that he would have everybody under his thumb and be able to yeah, – excellent questions. Yes, amen. Those are excellent questions. Um, yes. What happened? All right. Well, honestly, what happened? In the... <laughs> all right, well, so we've got to go to like it. All right, go ahead. Go ahead, sir. Yeah, we got to go to our next music set because uh, the clock is ticking, unfortunately. Coming up, we have Ravenscroft. Yes, I had to bring back uh, one of their songs for this nice, show. Going to be nice, fun. Nice. Yeah, followed by Fenco Cartel with Jack Perrow, then Garth Brooks, Red Sun Rising, and South Africa's own Steve Hoffmeyer. We'll be right back after this. How dare you and who in the hell fuck... Do you think you are? You're listening to Outlaw Radio, where we're proper gentlemen, because we always ask... You mind if I fart? You really know how to waste a Cialis, don't you? You're abusing my fan.
Apartheid, separateness, a system of institutionalized racial segregation and discrimination began in South Africa by its white people. 1991, apartheid ended. 1994, Nelson Mandela became the first elected president of South Africa. He had a dream and a vision of a unified South Africa. 2013, Julius Malema founded the Economic Freedom Fighters, EFF, and is its commander-in-chief. Now, Julius Malema and the EFF want to change the South African Constitution and take land away from white South African landowners. Black people, all of us, we need to unite and amend the Constitution so that we can expropriate land without compensation. Julius Malema is destroying the dream Nelson Mandela had for a unified South Africa. He is dividing South Africa, turning the tables against all the white landowners of South Africa and leaving them landless. It is only through the expropriation of land without compensation that our people will be the rightful owners of this country. Only if your skin color is black. This is a matter that all of us should stand together and isolate white monopoly capital. Julius Malema is an angry militant, enraged from the aftermath of the former apartheid. He wants all South African whites to pay. He sang a song about shooting the white farmer and talked about cutting the throat of whiteness. Can we say genocide? Malema tap-danced his way into his position as president of the African National Congress's Youth League. He was expelled from the ANC in 2012 after he violated South Africa's constitution, engaged in hate speech, exploited and threatened journalists, and caused divisions among the ANC. Malema was stripped of his title and ANC membership. Now, he has the gall to call out to the ANC to back the EFF in its efforts. He was also arrested for fraud, money laundering, and racketeering. Malema also admired Cuban dictator Fidel Castro. Come on, I'm sure you'll agree. Malema is not someone fit to fight for a nation's economy. In fact, he and his goons will destroy it. Honorable Nzimande, we have already started taking the land. If you vote against this, it's a waste of time. We are already giving our people the land, and we are not ashamed of that. People of South Africa, where you see a beautiful land, take it, it belongs to you. The people of South Africa are not even allowed to talk about Malema's bullying and tyrannical tactics. But the people of South Africa should not take them lying down. Bringing racial segregation and discrimination back to South Africa is not the answer. What's more, if Julius Malema and his economic freedom fighters confiscate the land and take away farms, it could very much lead to famine and poverty all over South Africa. Julius Malema, a racist tyrant and a problem for South Africa's freedom. I'm a 
And the first thing we look for is the beauty within When the skies and the oceans are clean Anyone we choose When this world's big enough For all different views When we all can worship From our own kind of view Then we shall
Yeah, I'm just gonna let 
and high life song. You've been city government and peace so long. I fuck your flow and your cannons and I fuck your home. They may wear me out, so I blaze down. I fuck all the zombie plots and I ain't super strong. I fuck your opas, story, city, go set your mom. I fuck it sooner on your foot than any thought of your song. They may wear me out, so I blaze down. They may wear me out, so I blaze down. Fillmore Voicemail allows people to engage in social networking through the exchange of voice messages without the need of utilizing a computer. For more information or to get your very own Fillmore Voicemail box, call toll-free 1-866-4-GET-VMB. 1-866-4-GET-VMB. That's 1-866-443-8862. Or visit FillmoreVoicemail.com. Fillmore Voicemail, a service of Fillmore Productions. Sunday, May 20, Heavy Metal from America's Heart of Rock and Roll at Simon's Defense Center. Welcome straight from Cleveland. Mushroom Head, live in concert with Vices, Gabriel and the Apocalypse, Antenna, Align the Tie, and Mike Spank. Show for 18 and up, 15 and up with parent or guardian, and full bar for 21 and up ID required. Tickets are on sale now. Very limited number of reserved tickets are available. Get yours at JeromeTickets.com. Mushroom head, mushroom head. Sunday, May 20, Diamonds Event Center. Mushroom He took an oath to defend the Constitution of the United States of America. By some, he's been called controversial. He is the free American, Clay Douglas. Now, keep in mind that some of my guests have been approached by Homeland Security or FBI saying, why are you going on the Clay Douglas show? My message to those guys, if they're listening this morning, is good morning. Go get a cup of coffee. Maybe you'll learn something. Yeah, sit down. I've always invited you. I hope you come into my lecture, man. Now, you know, we, we both took the same oath to defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. I don't recall there being an expiration date on that. Catch the Free American weekday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific. For the podcast and more details, go to freeamerican.com. Some material may not be suitable for children under 18. How to advertise effectively on the radio. First, get their attention. Hi! Next, mention the product's name. Cabin Sharp Cheddar! Use repetition. Cabin Sharp Cheddar! Cabin Sharp Cheddar! Cabin Sharp Cheddar! Sound believable. Whoa! Cabin Sharp Cheddar! Cabin Sharp Cheddar! Cabin Sharp Cheddar! Or use in a catchy jingle. Cabin Sharp Cheddar! La 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 la. Throw in a subliminal message. Bye! Sexy. Cabot! Sexy. Sharp! Naked cow. Cheddar! Indoor bowls. Or a testimonial. I Lakay Cabot Sharp Cheddar because. No, that's like. I like Captain Sharp Cheddar. Tell them where they can buy it. Your grocer's dairy section. 
Followed by the phone number. Not applicable. Insert a sound effect for emphasis. Wow, that Cabot Cheddar is wicked sharp. And if all fails, bribe the listening audience. <laughs> Buy Cabot Sharp Cheddar and win a billion dollars. With a disclaimer. Not available in all areas. So when you put it all together, <laughs> people will know if you like extra sharp cheddar, <laughs> you'll love Cabot All Natural Sharp Cheddar. From the bowels of a nondescript building in a little hick town, this is Outlaw Radio. I'm not in a mood to deal with you today, you stupid asshole! Welcome back to Outlaw Radio, and if Julius Malema is listening, I hope he feels the same way that Chip does. Only difference is I've left Chip alone a long time ago, but I got no plans of leaving you alone, you piece of shit. <laughs> We are brought to you by Cold Cock Whiskey. Raise your glass, take your shot. You must be 21 years of age or older to drink. And Hunter Athletic, gear up and let's train the songs you just heard. You just heard Government Song by Steve Hoffmeyer. Before that, Red Sun Rising with Blister. Before that, Garth Brooks with We Shall Be Free. Before that, Coke Cartel featuring Jack Perro with Chaos. And starting the whole setup uh, was... Ravenscroft with Stand Up. And uh, we are definitely pressed for time. And, uh, Mr. Freeze, I know you still have more to say, but... Uh, nah, it's all know, good. I've been swearing yeah. and bitching while I was on mute, while I muted myself, so it's all good. <laughs> all right. So uh, a couple <laughs> days ago, I had a chance to speak with uh, Matt Marshall out of the Free State in South Africa. This is about uh, 22 minutes long. Here's the conversation I had with him. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to welcome Matt Marshall out of the Free State to Outlaw Radio. What's going on, brother? Good, buddy. How are you? Doing well, doing well. Uh, just uh, continuing this discussion on the crime, corruption, and the white genocide going on in South Africa. Just still just uh, the stories I'm hearing just blow my fucking mind. The uh pictures i'm seeing uh from what i understand too uh you were you were a part of the uh black monday march if i'm not mistaken yes that's right myself and i think if i'm not mistaken the one that we had locally in kruenstadt where i stay was attended by over 2,000 people and that for the town that i'm in is a hell of a lot because i stay in a very small it's like a farming town it's a very small town and uh, considering where you're at, cause, because that is a farming community out there, uh, what would you say are the crime statistics out there right now in your neck of the woods? I'll give you an idea. Let me start with some statistics. For the month so far, that's from the beginning, from the beginning of April till today. We have had in South Africa... 152 farm attacks with various injuries. Now, when we say there was a farm attack, that could mean anything from people were hacked with a panga. A panga is, a, uh, is something like an axe. It's like a bush cutter. Like a machete, I and heard, right? Like, yeah, a machete, yes, a machete or a sickle. Uh, they were either stabbed or they were burnt with irons that you used to uh, iron your clothes. Babies get boiled in hot water. Things like that. So it's a very, very, it's very violent and it's very heinous. And then we've had 23 farm murders for the month so far. 
And that is only the ones that we know of. We're a bunch of guys that do our own statistics because the government statistics and our statistics differ. It's like day and night. Now, I'd like I think for, go ahead. I'm sorry. For the month so far, I think the government are on something like 85 attacks and we're on 152. Some of them, which we actually attend to personally, if we are close enough. Well, that is just fucking mind blowing. So I, I'm just going to put it bluntly since this is an uncensored show. It is just Definitely. fucking mind blowing. Ridiculous. Yes, yes. And uh, I mean, uh, pretty much uh, they they go the same. They, they say uh, white genocide, but uh, it does go a little bit beyond that, too. There are black people that work on this farm, these farms, and they get they get it, too, don't they? Definitely. Definitely. If you're a farm worker in South Africa, your life is in just much danger as the farmer itself. Because lots of them are honest, hardworking people that don't ever mean to cause any harm to the farmer. And lots of times you'll also hear about a farm attack that was planned, but the farmer wasn't home. So then they attack the workers that stay on the farm. And they also, their wives get raped, their children get burnt and abused and hit. And then they, and the craziest thing to me is with most farm attacks, no money ever gets stolen. No laptops or iPads or cell phones or anything like that ever get taken. They usually take, if there's money, they'll take money and they'll always take firearms. So they. So it's, I want to tell you today. Yeah. I'm going to be blunt about this. As they go, they go there. They go to kill, to murder, to rape, to break down, and to hurt. They don't go there to steal. It's not opportunistic crime, like some of the people in South Africa want to make it out to be. So it, it's uh, it's racially motivated. A lot of it, and uh, you know, I really don't want to get into it about Winnie Mandela because I know she just passed away. You know, but. Uh, m- my respect for Madiba goes a long way, and his respect for her dwindled from what I understand. I don't know. I don't live there, so I can't, I can't verify that. But, you know, she was the one who, who uh, endorsed necklacing and bullshit like that, which started out as black-on-black crime. Now, I could be mistaken. I could be mistaken. That's right. No, you are 100% spot on. Now, if you don't mind, I wouldn't. I uh, don't really want to get into any of that because oh, that's I might say things that uh, that I shouldn't because I've got my own opinion about Mandela and about Winnie and about all those. Oh yeah, that's fine. That's yeah, fine. No problem. Because look, he wasn't an angel either. He's just as guilty as she was. I don't know if you've ever heard about the Kerkstraat bombings. Oh, I have. I I most definitely have. Yes. Yeah. So he was the mastermind behind that. Yeah. Um. But, uh, you know, it's, it, it shouldn't come as a surprise to me because black-on-black crime here in the United States has been an ongoing problem in major cities. As yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know if you've heard or not, but uh, it, it really just doesn't surprise me there. Um, so would you say, here's a question for you. Would you say that uh, the... Uh, a lot of the black on black crime is caused because the the party that's going to commit the crime sees that person as a as like a quote unquote race traitor. 
Yeah, let me give you, I'll answer that in two ways. Lots of times, let's say, let's, let's stay on farm attack specifically. Yes. If, let's say, the party that wants, to, that wants to plan the attack can actually go and do it, we call them a hit squad. The hit squad are the people who actually go and do the attack. So then they've got, and I don't really have time to explain the whole thing now, but it's a long, 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 a farm attack take, takes about 12 weeks to plan from what we've done, from our research. 12 weeks to plan, and then from there, the attack will happen. If the attack doesn't happen, and, it, and there's enough time to stop it, or the farmer on that farm wasn't home, or the intelligence that the, the spotter, now when I refer to the spotter, he's the one that sits and watches the farm for at least four weeks to try and work out a routine of what time people go to bed, what time they get up, what time the, the husband leaves the house, what time the children are there, what time the dogs eat, and all that. So once that's done, then they'll, then they'll send the hit squad in. And then if the hit squad doesn't succeed, then they'll go back to the spotter and they'll hurt him. And that's also, in my opinion, where lots of the black-on-black -black crime actually comes from. It's when they don't work well enough together, they get angry at one another, and then they start stealing and hurting one another, actually, until their plan or whatever they wanted to do actually works out. What you have just described to me is... Pure fucking evil. It is exactly that. And we've actually had, uh, there's a guy in South Africa that uh, is what we call in Afrikaans, Afrika Tekens. It's, it's like signs and symbols that they would put down alongside the road, the dirt road leading to the farm. They would put anything like plastic bottles, plastic bags, stones, rocks, uh, sticks and pieces of string, things that you won't just see lying next to the road if you don't know to look for them. And that would actually be their markers. They mark the farm and the direction to the house. And with those stones and things that they pack around there, the spotter packs that out. And then the, the hit squad actually knows how many people are in the house without them ever going there before. Once they see the markers and they've read them, they know exactly how many people are in the house. They know if there are firearms. They know if there are dogs. They know how dangerous, how dangerous it is. They even know how much time they've got before someone will be sent out. And I, I, I have to assume that because these crimes have been going on for such a long time, that they, because they have to carefully plan what they're doing, these farms are often uh, well-armed, so they're just waiting for that opportunity for somebody to drop their guard. Exactly that. That's why most farm attacks, according to our statistics as well, would usually be on a, on a, on a Thursday, like days closer to the weekend. Thursday, Saturday, Sunday is where, more, where a lot of farm attacks seem to happen on a Thursday, uh, a Friday, Saturday, and a Sunday. Wow. Well, yeah. So, yeah. Go on. I'm sorry. And then I've got a bit of statistics here that I could read to you. Now, this is just very, very rough. I can't, uh, I can't actually confirm this, but this is, these are rough numbers that we have for farm attacks and farm murders from the year 19, 1994. Let me just get... Uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. File, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, the total would be 
1,956 murders and 4,674 attacks. Boy. That would be from 1990 till now. So, yeah, that's just to put into perspective how many attacks they've actually been and how many murders they've actually been. Now, I mean, and in South Africa, it's more dangerous to be a farmer than a policeman. You've got a better chance of being killed if you're a farmer than a policeman. Now, I, here's a very, very serious question for you. Uh, you, ha- you have this total, complete douchebag fuckhead by the name of Delirious Malema. Yeah, I'm going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> um, who, who's really pulling a lot of the, the race baiting, really getting people behind him. And let's say he accomplishes his goal of the expropriation without compensation and gets white farmers to leave. What does that mean for black South Africa if that happens? I see a nightmare for them. He'll only create a hell for whoever's left. For black South Africans, that means... I don't know if you know about Zimbabwe. I do know a little bit, yeah. That means that means, that means means South Africa is turning to Zimbabwe, my friend. That means people are going to go hungry. There's going to be famine in this country. People are going to starve to death if he manages to chase away all the white farmers in South Africa. And I'll tell you now, they aren't just going to leave. There's no way they're just going to give up their land and go. Oh, no, and That's absolutely. not going to happen. And the unfortunate part of this is, and many pe- people are scared to say this, but it's a heading for a civil war. And in my opinion, that is what he wants. He wants civil war. Yes, see... And but- it is that bad. Lots of people will tell you that I'm exaggerating, but if you speak to the right guys... You yeah, that they feel exactly the same way that I do. Yes, absolutely. You know, I mean, and, and and once he accomplishes his goal, tyrants like him just don't stop there. He's he's going to go exactly. after he's going to go after anyone who doesn't agree with his point of view and who knows what the consequences are going to be. You know, and exactly. this, and this goes outside of race. This doesn't matter if you're white or if you're black or no, if you're Asian. I'd- it doesn't. This matters to the pe- the people of South Africa. If you stay in South Africa, you're a South African. He's going to take the food that the farmers are providing. He will be responsible for feeding the people then because he wants the farmers to leave. And he wants their land without compensation. It's, it's just complete bullshit. Uh, I mean, uh, that, that man... I couldn't put it a better anyway myself. It's absolute <laughs> bullshit. Right. It's insane. I don't know how they think Come they're going to run the country. Let's go. I, I mean, he, he's just, you know, I'm not going to say that apartheid w- was right. I'm, you know, I mean, there, but the economy was definitely better under the apartheid regime. That's for sure. And I don't think very many people were, look, get were starving. Over here. The statistics on the internet. The unemployment rate was basically zero during that time. Crime was extremely low. The country was clean. The roads were good. Infrastructure in general was one of the best in the world. And now, not so much. Now the roads are falling apart. And there is no real, there isn't really infrastructure anymore. It's all going down slowly but surely. Come on, buddy. And uh, I'm just just mind-boggled by by all of this, you know. I mean... uh, and and the pictures I've seen of these of these fi- farm crimes, 
have um, my co-host uh, who can't be here at this moment. He's heard what's going on. He wanted to cry. I, I saw the pictures. My stomach turned, and uh, it made me very angry of how this can be done to any human being, elderly men and women, children, babies, It's and the list goes on. Uh, the list definitely does go on. And if you'll allow me, a little bit off topic. Sure. Not really, but yeah. This isn't happening only on farms or on small holdings. It's happening actually in town, in suburbs. Uh, if I'm correct, five or six months ago, there was a lady in a town called Lichtenburg here in, uh, in the northwest province of South Africa. She was hit with an axe across her face in her bed. She was 84 years old. And they shoved a black bag down her throat. They threw boiling hot water over her body. And they hit her with the axe in the face. And they left the axe there in her head. What message? Let that sink in. And what message are they trying to convey here? I mean, my and, God. Uh, that was one of the one of the, the the most violent ones that I personally that I know about. And then. Obviously, you've got the where they they drown babies in boiling hot water, or they 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 actually they rape children in front of their parents, make them watch, and then uh, then they kill the the they they'll then rape the mother, and make the father watch, and then they'll kill the father last. Yeah, so so he has, has to endure the pain and all and things like that. I I I just. I just don't understand how human beings can do this to one another. I really don't. And another thing that's very, very troubling is that the law in South Africa, when there's been a farm attack, it will be the police will, will get there. Most probably, if you're lucky, the police should be there within about half an hour. And then they'll open what they call a case docket. And then on the docket, it'll say housebreaking or with aggravated assault or assault uh, with intent to grievous bodily harm, uh, house robbery. And then if there was a rape, then they'll open the rape docket as well. But there's no uh, sentence for, for a farm attack. It's not seen as a crime on its own. It goes under housebreaking. So, for instance, if someone comes in into a farmhouse and he actually attacks the farmer. The farmer's been cut with a, with a machete and been burnt and all the rest of the stuff that I explained earlier. Then it'll go down as aggravated assault or assault uh, GBH and house, uh, uh, house breaking. So then he'll get probably between 8 and 10 years prison sentence. And what they don't seem to understand, and when I say they, I mean the government of South Africa, is that once there's been a farm attack... That farm dies. People don't want to be there anymore. Well, not all of them leave the farm, but most of them struggle to then actually generate an income from that farm because they fear for their lives. And it costs millions of rand every year for electric fencing. I know farmers that have got 24-hour guards on duty around their farms. They need big dogs. They need, they need firearms. They, some farmers work wearing bulletproof vests, I just for in case. You go to bed with a gun next to your head. 
just to be sure that you'll be safe. I've also seen, too, that uh, even uh, suburbs of uh, Johannesburg, that uh, there are so many gated communities, the house is gated, but... I mean, you lock a door outside your bedroom, lock a gate outside your bedroom door, and then you lock your bedroom door. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's And it's really, it's not getting better. It's getting worse. It's getting out of hand. And, and uh, the the rest of, a lot of the world is, uh, is turning the other way. It seems like uh, at first there was hope in Australia, but now it's looking like Australia don't give a shit. Yeah, I don't know exactly what happened with the with the Australian plan, but uh, yeah, it's, it doesn't look like that's going to work out because they've had the discussions with the Australian government and the South African government, so it looks like they didn't they couldn't reach an agreement. Uh, I don't think it's so much from Australia's side. I think it's more South African side. But yeah. Uh, the problem will still, it'll carry on until someone does something about it. And when I say does something about it, I mean, we need to, I think the, the, the punishment for a crime like that has to be reviewed. Yes. And it has to be, it has to be a lot more harsh than it is now, because to me, it's almost like getting a slap on the list for doing something like that. Well, yeah. I mean, And then yeah. the police need to sharpen up because their response times are ridiculously slow. That's why the private sector in South African security is so big. And then, and then of course, uh, yeah, you talk about crime and punishment in South Africa, and what I've heard about as another story is a woman who is getting uh, three years with one year sus- suspended just for saying the K-word, which I don't like racial slurs. I don't like to hear them, but uh, yes. but come on. That that's fucking yeah. retarded. Um, okay, yeah. So then we'll compare this quickly. She said the K word apparently forty eight times. Now how she how they know that I don't know. How they could prove it I don't know either. But it happened. So she got two years for that. Yeah, it's it's just fucking um, unbelievable. And then there was a, there was a, there was another case with a black gentleman where he was convicted of murder and he got he was in in prison for a year and he got off for good behavior I, i'm not sure i don't want to refer to the specific case with names and case numbers because i don't have that with me now that's but fine I can find it and i'll send it to you i'll mail it to you i'll mail you all the information that i've got because i do comparisons like that it's just that i don't have all that stuff with me now i understand completely yes but yeah, that's about that. That's uh, really all that's going on here, and it's, it's and it is white genocide. White genocide is alive and well in South Africa. Yes. It's a massive problem. I mean, you've got you've got Adolf Hitler in the form of Julius Malema, uh, get, get rallying a lot of people behind him, you know, and that uh, Adolf Hitler started out the same way he did. So, and we know what happened yeah. in Germany. We, do, we sure do. Uh, he is a problem. I don't want to discuss him too much because I do have a blood pressure problem. I might have a fucking heart attack. <laughs> and me, uh, me too, brother. Me but too. But yeah, so he is basically, in my opinion, he is one of South Africa's biggest problems at the moment. And then, of course, the people that follow him like sheep because they, for some reason, think that he's right. And they think they're all going to get farms and they're all going to get land and they're all going to get livestock. 
Oh boy, yeah. Um, so yes, buddy. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to wrap this up. Um, I've got to get to work. All right. No, you you done fantastic. You've given me some time. I really want to thank you very much for your time. And please, by all means, uh, be safe and God bless. Okay, man. Go right. well. Take care. Cheers, man. Bye. All right, so that was my discussion with Matt Marshall out of the Free State in South Africa, given explicit, hardcore, gruesome details of how a farm attack is done in South Africa and what is done. And I said on this show, we're we're not going to pull any punches. Uh, we're going to speak the truth out here. And uh, Mr. Freeze, I think we have done that tonight. Yeah, yeah, I want to say one more thing, too, real quick. Um uh, all of uh, Dummy's, uh, Malena's followers, if they can count, uh, look at how many farms that they're taking over and then count how many farms and how many people are following him. Like you just said, do you really think you're all going to get your own little slice of land and farm? Just put the numbers together. Just <laughs> Anyway, that's it. All right. So it is definitely time to call it a night here. I want to thank you very much for tuning in to Outlaw Radio, whether you're listening live on or uh, on on uh, one of our syndicated stations or you're listening uh, on the podcast archive. Thank you very much. To South Africans out there, black and white, please be safe and God bless. We'll be back next week with the nor- yes, with the normal Outlaw Radio uh Working on an interview. I don't know who we're going to have on the show next week, but uh, we'll have something for you. So with that said, thank you very much for tuning in. Good night, everybody. We're, We're going to end the show with Nickelback. Good night, guys. God bless you. Are you tired of modern pop music that sounds like a dog fucking a squeaky toy? Well, that's where you're listening to Outlaw Radio. We tell bad bed music to go piss up a rope. We give our opinions, and if a fight breaks out, so fucking what?
Hey everyone, Bad Billy here. If you want to get your hands on some awesome apparel, then look no further than Fresh Baked Tees. Fresh Baked Tees is the preferred custom apparel manufacturing company for Outlaw Radio, the Locked and Loaded Radio Show, Cranked Up Country, and many others. T-shirts, tank tops, and hoodies available in all sizes. Simply go to FreshBakedTees.com and place your order today. Screw this fucking shit. We're not posh and pompous. We're locked and loaded. The Locked and Loaded Radio Show with the Bulldog, Scott Rumsey. Enjoy the best in rock music, metal, and classic rock, along with interviews and sizzling hot talk. It's raw. It's unfiltered. It's certifiably apeshit fucking crazy. Like the Locked and Loaded Radio Show on Facebook at facebook.com slash locked and loaded radio show. And follow the show on Twitter at L-A-L-R-S-007. The Locked and Loaded Radio Show. On internet radio devices every fucking where. I emigrated from Venezuela, one of the most dangerous countries in the world today. A few years ago, the government came for our guns. We were told we would be safer without them. Of course, the politicians, the rich and famous, their bodyguards and criminals, they still have their guns. Everyone else lives in fear. Mothers and fathers are powerless to defend their families. But the drug cartels and gangs, the colectivos, still have all the guns they want, and 90% of murders are never solved. The biggest mistake Venezuelans made was believing that this could never happen. Today, they would do anything for the Second Amendment freedom that we enjoy as Americans. Never, ever take it for granted. Hi, it's the Big Voice Guy. The one who intros and promos the show you're listening to right now. Hi, my name is Jim Hunt. I voice for a growing list of internet and terrestrial radio stations, podcasts, and businesses. I'd love to spread the word about yours, too. No matter if the message is serious or silly. Whether you want the delivery to be hard-hitting, voice of authority, or conversational, warm, and fuzzy. From fully produced station imaging and commercials to custom phone system messages on hold and IVR prompts, voiceovers for computer games to narrations for presentations, even post-production audio editing and audio cleanup services. Yeah, I do them too. I'm your guy. I do business as Jim Hunt voiceovers and audio services. My rates are reasonable and negotiable because I love internet radio too. Visit my website, jimhuntvo.com. I'm Jim Hunt, at your service. Put my voice and audio production skills to work for you. Let's do this. You have been listening to Outlaw Radio. Be sure to leave your feedback by calling 773-572-7878. All feedback is played and replied to on the show. Visit our official website at outlawradioabs.com. Outlaw Radio is a presentation of AOW Productions. 
here I am sitting on the porch writing another song about Waylon Willie David Allen Cole. You can't go wrong. Such great outlaw boys just like me. Man, can't you see? Because you can't go wrong with one good outlaw song. The outlaw song. And I was here with old George. We'd be strumming on the cold hard truth, and he stopped loving her today. And I love to play because you can't go wrong with one good outlaw song. The outlaw song. song about Waylon and Willie, David Allen Cole, the man in black and the possum, George Jones, can't go wrong, can't go With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.